This week on the Irreverent Nerds podcast, we will be discussing the women of Star Trek. We'll have a special focus on Kira Nerys of Star Trek Deep Space Nine and the season one episode duet in which she features prominently. Joining us to talk about Kira and the women of Trek will be special guest at Holodeck 4, a longtime friend of the podcast, and calling in to give his two cents will be Lars Desenza, at Photographer on Instagram, also a longtime supporter of the podcast. So, let's do it. Here we go. I'm Richard. And I'm Will. And together we're... The, the Irreverent, Irreverent Nerds! Greetings and salutations, Irreverent Nerds. Welcome to Season 3 of The Irreverent Nerds Podcast. Thank you to all of you who have stuck with us over the past 10 months, including the three-month period where we had a hiatus... Thank you so much for continuing to listen to our podcast. So I wanted to take a moment to let you know about some changes that are coming this year. We are going to tighten up our format, make it a little more consistent, and hopefully more exciting and enjoyable for you, our listeners. So <laughs> to kind of put it simply, we're going to have more guests, more anime, and more art. <laughs> Kind of the big three there. More guests. So it, it seemed like we had the best energy and some of the best episodes when we had a guest on. Uh, case in point, our top two episodes, that means the episodes that had the most listens across all platforms were both, number one, they were both about anime. So that is a topic that we are going to be visiting at least once a month for all 12 months of this year. That's our plan. But they also included a guest. So it wasn't just Will and I waxing poetic or unpoetic, as the case may be, about nerdy topics and included a guest. Uh, the first one being a long-term friend of mine, Zach Williams, who came on to talk about Dragon Ball Z. And the second being Dan Johnson, a longtime friend of Mr. William Thomas Boyers, who came on to talk about My Hero Academia, also an anime. So as I said, top two episodes are anime. So you, the listeners, have spoken. That has been your favorite topic of ours. Now, close behind that were Marvel films, specifically Doctor Strange and Thor. I don't know that any more content will be coming out in regards to either of those two characters this year, which is unfortunate. But you have spoken that you love Marvel, and Will and I do as well. So obviously, we are going to be covering some Marvel films and or possibly TV shows over the next year. But in general, each month is going to have a four episode rotation, or to be more specific, a four-topic rotation. So it, within a four-week period, you know, each month should have you know four Wednesdays in it. Most months will have that. But in general, regardless, we will follow a four-week rotation. Week one will be a sci-fi topic. Week two will be something related to comic books and manga. Now, that may be a comic book creator interview that may be us talking about a comic books related tv show or film that may be us talking about an actual comic book series or a manga series or a manga related tv show but in general anything closely connected to the world of comic books and manga that will be our week two topics 
And week three will be anime. So every third Wednesday, we will be covering an anime-related topic. And that's a world that I, Richard, would like to get into more. Most of the anime I have watched over the years, I have thoroughly enjoyed, but I would not call myself an expert by any means. It's something I want to explore more myself and is something that Will thoroughly enjoys. And as a comic book creator himself, he enjoys manga and, of course, the anime, particularly animes based on mangas, but he enjoys all anime in general, I think. So that'll be our week three will be anime. And then week four will be the movie of the month. So that could be a theatrical release. Like if there's one that comes out that month that we are both really interested in, that we feel is appropriately nerdy, we will cover that and give you probably both an instant review as well as a more in-depth review within the episode, hopefully including a guest. And if there isn't a film releasing in theaters that month that we're interested in, then we will cover something that has already been released, most likely something retro from the 80s or 90s, you know, which, as you know, if you've listened to the podcast, Will and I grew up, we were children of the 80s and 90s, so we'll probably come to something retro in the months when there is not an interesting theatrical release, or at least not one that's nerdy, as they may say. So that's our basic four-week rotation. So week one, sci-fi. Week two will be comic books and manga. Week three, anime. And week four, the movie of the month. So that will help us with planning. Uh, It'll also help us with securing guests. As I mentioned earlier on, something we are aiming for this year is having more guests on. My goal is to have one for every episode that we do. Now, that's not always going to be possible. Even in our first week here, it <laughs> hasn't quite turned out the way we'd like. Uh, we had two guests scheduled. One of them at the last minute had to bow out because of a gas leak at her house, and we had to reschedule with her. And then the other guest couldn't come on at the same time, so we had to improvise. And it's just, it didn't quite turn out the way we planned, but we still are able to put the episode out. But we're going to do our best to secure a guest. And it will be someone that ideally is either an enthusiast or an expert in the topic of the week. If it's an anime, obviously we want someone who actually cares about that particular anime, someone who has watched it, who loves it, who wants to talk about it, or it could even be someone who hates it and wants to talk about it, (laughs) as the case may be. Uh, But in general, just someone who's enthusiastic about discussing a particular anime series or anime film. Now for the comic books and manga section, Something we are going to try to talk about is the process of creation itself. Obviously, one of our co-hosts, Mr. William Boyer, is a comic book creator, and he has a number of connections with other comic book creators in the area. So we are going to try to have on some local artists, and we will have a comic book-related topic for them to discuss with us, but we also want to give them a chance to highlight their own work. So if you are a local comic book creator, and, and, and even if you're not local, like, If you just want to get in touch with us, the Irreverent Nerds, obviously we live here in the Winston-Salem, High Point, Greensboro area of North Carolina. So if you live nearby and want to connect with us personally, let's go out and grab some coffee and and talk about things. And then we could even potentially do an episode in person together. Um, But if you're not local or if you are not able to do that, we can certainly record via Zoom and uh, various other methods of video recording or audio recording remotely so let us know and uh but yeah initially it'll be people that we know personally and over time we may recruit some guests so speaking of recruitment uh there 
there is a service that I've been looking into on which we can advertise ourselves as potential guests for other podcasts, but also recruit and request guests for our podcast. That is a service that costs money. So given that we are aiming to have a a guest, and there will be some repeat guests, obviously, like Dan Johnson or my friend Zach Williams, possibly Holodeck 4, who's going to be on our podcast this week, just depending on what the topic of the month is. And but we, we want to do our best to have on at least one or two new guests every month, uh, particularly those who might be local artists or those who might be involved in the creation of the very shows and or properties that we are discussing. Uh, that would obviously be ideal. So if we meet you at a comic book convention or if we reach out to you personally. But some of those guests uh, may cost money. Obviously, the equipment with which we record the podcast, such as our, our Blue Yetis, pop filters, you know, etc., those have cost some money this past year. Uh, still have not recouped the cost of that. And even though Will and I love talking about these topics, and we would talk about these for free because we are nerds as well, uh, as we have mentioned before, we are trying to monetize the podcast. And I feel weird saying that, but I'm just going to be upfront with you. Like, yeah, we're at least trying to recoup the money that we've put into equipment and like marketing costs money. Obviously in the future, securing guests is something that may cost money as well. But it also just lets us know that you really appreciate and value the work that we're doing here. There are other ways you can let us know that as well. Obviously the first and easiest one is to listen to the podcast. Through anchor.fm, we can see the analytics. We can see how many listens we get per episode. So it's always encouraging when we see a high number for a specific episode. And that also lets us know the topics that you really enjoy and that you care about. So it's a form of voting in, in a word. And that lets us know what you would like to hear more of. So that's the, the easiest way is just listening. But also, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, you can subscribe. If you listen to us on Spotify, you can follow uh, whatever word, the specific podcast format you use. You know, it could be follow, could be subscribe, you know, something else. Uh, do that. <laughs> follow us, uh, subscribe. And obviously, we appreciate email feedback and audio messages. Go to our profile, anchor.fm, and, oh yeah, anchor.fm forward slash irreverent nerd, and right there on the front, you'll see a button that says message, and you can simply just leave us an audio message there. It doesn't have to be long. Just let us know what you thought of a previous episode, if you disagreed with our take, if you loved our take, uh, whatever it might be, uh, let us know what you think, and we will do our best to include it in the following week's episode. And also on that profile, you can support us monthly. So I believe as little as 99 cents a month. Uh, there's a 4.99 tier and a 9.99 tier. Uh, currently, Lars Desenza, who is a call-in guest for this week's episode, is a supporter on that. He's also the very first person to give us an audio message, which we'll be including that on this week's episode. So look forward to that. He is the host of the Treknicity podcast, uh, co-host, I should say. And check him out. He is also on there at Old Men Gaming, at Redshirt Geeks. You can find him on YouTube, on Twitch. So yeah, look him up. Him and his co-hosts do a great job with their podcast and their YouTube channel, and they also live stream some gaming as well. So look for them. But anyway, uh, that's just a little bit of the, the house 
house cleaning. <laughs> I don't know what the right word is. Housekeeping. Housekeeping. Yeah, that uh, I wanted to do to kick off this year. So we're going to do two seasons a year. Basically, they'll each be 25 episodes long. So we have weekly episodes. We'll do 25 weeks that we'll take a week off. Then we'll do another 25 weeks, take a week off, you know, etc. So season three, you know, will end sometime towards the end of, if you're a business person, you know what this means, you know, towards the end of quarter two, or basically the midpoint of the year is when we're looking to end season one. We'll take a week off and then begin, excuse me, that's season three, and then we'll begin season four. So that's kind of the format. A goal that we have for quarter one here is to get a website up and off the ground. Obviously, we have our anchor profile and we have our Instagram page. We have our YouTube channel, but we'd like to have our own website, a hosted website that you guys can go to and get access to all of it. We do have a link tree that kind of serves that function right now, but it's it's not just it's just not the same as a as a website that you can thoroughly customize and so we're working on that. So work under construction. That's a goal that, that we have for, for quarter one to get that up and running. And a goal for quarter two is, and we may reach it sooner, but I definitely want to reach it by the end of, of this season three and also within quarter two is to get some merch. Uh, you know, and kind of along with that, we're working on developing a new logo. Hopefully it'll be our permanent logo. Uh, the original one was just very basic, something I just created using my iPhone, to be honest with you. And, you know, it's distinctive, it's, it's memorable, but we really want something that's more professionally done. So we're working on that. And that may may and most likely will be included in the merch that we ultimately release. And that obviously will be for sale, like through our website. That's the goal. By the end of quarter two, we want to have that up and running we're also working on a community. I'm not going to release the name of it just now, but I've had it in mind for a while. And we really want to build a nerdy community because we need each other, right? We're all a little weird. We're all a little bit on the fringes of society. You know what I mean? Like we, we don't feel like we quite fit in anywhere. So community is important. You know, finding other nerds, finding nerds that are simpatico with things that you care about. You know, whether it be science fiction, whether it be comic books, whether it be manga or something entirely different, uh, we hope to eventually get a community up and running sometime this year. Uh, but I will talk more about that when we are getting closer to release date for said community. So in the meantime, obviously, you can reach out and just talk with us. You can follow us on Instagram. We're at Irreverent Nerd, at Irreverent underscore Nerd, I should say. And then just the Irreverent Nerds on Facebook with our fan page there. So, nerds, thank you for your patience. Thank you for listening to this update and this intro to season three. Now I'm going to turn you over to myself. <laughs> and uh, here's the interview with Holodeck 4. Smithers? Yes, sir. Why are the irreverent nerds talking about women? I thought I expressly forbade that on this podcast. Well, sir, I suppose it's because they're trying to be more progressive and inclusive. <sighs> I shudder every time I hear those words. Yes, sir, I know. <sighs> what women are they going to be talking about? Well, sir, I believe it's the women of Star Trek. 
Star Trek? Is that the new H.G. Wells novel? No, sir, it's a television show. What's television, Smithers? Oh, there's no hope for you, sir. Nerds, I am here with Holodeck 4, HD for short. Uh, as I mentioned earlier in the intro section, uh, we've been connected on Instagram for quite a while. I don't remember exactly when we got connected, but you know she's been a follower of, of the podcast and the Instagram for quite some time and, and vice versa. She's got some content that she does as well. Uh, we're going to talk about that over the course of our discussion here. But the main reason we're here is to talk about the women of Star Trek. Um, but before we jump into that, um, HD, can I call you HD for short? Sure. Go ahead. Uh, I wanted to ask, um, how and when did you first start watching Star Trek? Like, how did you get into Star Trek? Um, so it's that's a little little complex. It's been a a very latent part of my life. Um, like, I grew up in a household where my mom was the Trekkie, and she would watch the original series. I've seen her go through the Next Generation, Voyager, but I never really like paid attention to it. I was just like. I was like, whatever, I'm eating my dinner, I'm going back to my room. Um, so I never really got into it. And I, it was actually wasn't until the pandemic um, that I started to watch The Next Generation. And I said, damn, this shit is good. And, <laughs> and I was like, just like that, right? Yeah, I was, I was hooked <laughs> instantly. And I don't even remember what episode it was. So I don't know. But um, yeah, I was just so hooked. And my husband was like, well, you know, I love Star Trek. You know, I'll, I'll watch it with you. I'll go through and watch all the series with you. I'm like, really? You would? That's awesome. So um, yeah, we started with TNG and then we moved into DS9 and then Enterprise and then Voyager. And, and ever, since, ever since then, it's just been like Star Trek every day. Like we watched something every day. Nice. A Star Trek household. <laughs> yes, definitely. And my son loves it. My five-year-old son, he's just, I'm, I'm raising him right, you know? Hey. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he watches it with us. Um, he's got the Enterprise D. Oh, nice. Action nice. figures. Oh, yeah. And we, we play with those together. So it's it's a lot of fun. It's a family thing. Oh, yeah. No, I, I'm... I haven't quite introduced my my girls to it yet. I have, I have four daughters, and uh, like my oldest is just about getting to the age where I'm like comfortable with her watching some episodes, you know, because some of them are yeah. more adult. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, some of them. Um, but but yeah, we'll we we'll get there eventually, uh, and that's that's how I got introduced to it myself. Um, my dad, you know, I grew up kid of the '80s, so I grew up watching TNG with my dad. So that was my first introduction. So like you, I started with TNG. Um, have you ever made your way back around to the original series uh, in the last two years? Or I have not. Um, honestly, uh -huh. I'm going to be honest. I'm not into it. I I just I just never could pick it up. So no, the answer is no. Well, that's okay. That's okay. I mean, there's there's so many different styles of Trek, and, and with the exception of maybe the first season of of TNG, uh, which is actually very similar in kind of in an '80s kind of way to the original series. Um, the, most of the rest of Star Trek is, is quite a bit different. <laughs> yeah. um, so so you said you don't remember the first episode. 
that you watch, but it was, but that it was TNG of some type. Yes, um, definitely TNG. Do you remember which character featured more in that episode? I mean, obviously Picard and Data are in a lot of them as the main, but like it was actually Jordy. It was Jordy. Okay, okay, yeah. nice. Did you get Reading Rainbow vibes? Like, did you watch that growing up? Totally, yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. You're public, like, school, oh. public school vibes. Watching the, you know, the big TV rolls out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you Did you really want to say like, you don't have to take my word for it? <laughs> Yeah. No. It, it was the visors too, man. It, it's just the visors are cool. Like, yeah. Like, I need a pair of those. <laughs> I heard that that gave him a headache though, because it's it was like really? it had to be on. I guess they just had those two little like look almost look like a sequin or whatever. Whenever he takes it off, yeah. But I guess it just stayed on with pressure, so that probably gave him like headaches because that's like right on your temple. <laughs> that's right. Didn't he try to get them to let him take that off at some point? We did eventually, like in the in the movies, they finally he finally got eye surgery and uh, was able to see uh, without his visor. So I'm sure he was glad to not have to wear that anymore. I know that would give me such a migraine. Oh man, yeah. From what I heard, yeah, that I don't know full migraine, but like definitely some headaches for him. Yeah, tension headache for sure. So you've already talked a little bit about like what your initial impressions were. Uh, You fell in love with it. Like I need more of this. Um, was there any of this series where you just started getting into, you're like, this is not as good, or this is very different or like, what were your general impressions of like, as you went from series to series, obviously nineties Trek, there's kind of a similar vibe with a lot of it, but did, was there one you were like, Whoa, this is different. I don't know. Not sure about this one. Like how about Um, enterprise? Did you hit that with enterprise a bit or. Um, I love enterprise. Oh my gosh. No. Um, I mean, the, the, the series definitely have their own unique flavors. Um, you know, TNG is like, TNG is TNG, but when you get into DS9, it's like, it's dark. It's the darker one. Mm-hmm. Um, and at first I was like, I'm not sure about this. It's, it's way too different. Um, but as I went on with it, I was like, no, this is, this is really good. This is good stuff. Um. And honestly, like um, TNG is my favorite series, but DS9 is pretty darn close to to actually being my favorite, like my number one, um, because it's just so good. Like it, it mm-hmm. like went into like depth with the Ferengis. Like you actually got to see more about their their culture, their way of life. Um, they developed the characters really well, um, like with with Quark. I mean, first he mm-hmm. starts off fairly unlikable but as it goes on he's just like he's sweet I think he's sweet um and so that's that's what that did for me and and it was just very different from TNG but I appreciate that I like that um and then we got into Enterprise and it was very different um I I'm not happy with the ending of that one I don't think anybody is I haven't heard Um, too many people that are (laughs) I don't think they, the runners, I don't think they planned to end it and it kind of just got ended for them from what I've heard, but yeah, it was yeah very that always sucks. Very unfortunate because it had such, it had such a good storyline going for it and it, it left so many, so many loose ends. It's just, yeah, just very unfortunate. But um, as far as the acting, the, the stories and, and all that goes, I loved it. Um, I even love the theme song. Yeah, it's I didn't think it was that bad. 
you know, I, I love it. Um, and then, so yeah, then we moved into Voyager and that one, um, you know, TOS aside, the original series aside, Voyager's probably one of my least favorites. Hmm. Um, Discovery, I, I don't, I don't like it all, but um, Voyager's kind of right there, hanging off hmm. the edge. Um, there's just something about it. I didn't, just didn't quite connect with you. I just didn't connect with it. No. And, and I, I love that Janeway was the first female captain. That's, that's amazing. And I love a strong female character, but uh, it just never really clicked with me. So it's not that's really, all right. Yeah. Yeah. I think those are the two. I didn't watch a lot of DS nine in the nineties, like when it was actually coming out. Um, I right. do remember seeing advertisements for it and stuff, but Voyager was one that I watched because those, I think for about was it six years, the two were on together at the same time. Like, yeah, and um, it was six years, something like. Well, no, there was I like a four, four or five year overlap there. I think, yeah, between the two, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, it took me a while to to find my way to DS nine, and I think it was just a few years ago, I finally got into it. I got started. I was like, I started at the beginning more or less, and then. I gradually got hooked, especially when you start introducing the Dominion storyline. And then, you know, it just went from there. So it's like, yeah. but yeah, it, it took me a while to find my way around to it. Um, Cause yeah, it is with the serialized storytelling, it's in a different tone. It's very mm -hmm. different from a lot of what TNG had to offer. Yeah. So, had a lot of dark um, religious undertones to it. Yeah. Which, which trick trick definitely doesn't stay away from, from that, but, they don't do it every episode. Right. <laughs> so yeah, definitely a lot more with that, which uh, Ronald D. Moore, who was one of the main runners of the show, you know, he kind of continued that on with Battlestar Galactica. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but um, it also has a lot of religious overtones. But um, yes. So speaking of DS9, um, I know you and I talked about discussing a specific episode kind of as a, a launching board for our main topic, which is the women of Star Trek. And you mentioned that your favorite episode featuring a female protagonist was Duet from DS9. You want to tell yeah. us a little about why that is and uh, why you like Kira? Yeah, um, interestingly, I, I really like that episode. And um, when I found out that um, Nan and Visitor and Armin Shimmerman loved it so much, it's like one of their favorites. Um, that just made it even better for me. Um, but, but the acting in it was great. Um, the script, it really, um, it hit, it, it just hits you in the feels because it shows you everything that Kira went through in the war and, and like where she's at now. And she has to kind of like overcome her prejudice towards the Cardassians. Um, it's, it's a lot of, of inner work going on in her. Um, and and she's having to to see like, well, you know, not all Cardassians are bad. You don't we don't have to kill them all. Mm -hmm. So um, it just yeah, it was very. Um, it showed her strength of character, I think, um, and and her growth since since the war. So that that's why I like that one so much. Yeah. No. I I know I'd watched it before, but I uh, just rewatched it the other day in, in preparation for this. And yeah. It, I'd, I'd forgotten it had been so long since I'd seen it. I'd forgotten that particular episode. And I was like, this is really good. And, yeah. and like you said, the acting is excellent. And 
and just her arc within the course of the episode itself, you know, where she ends up once it's the full reveal happens and spoiler warning, <laughs> you know, you find out that the guy is actually Maritza, that it's not gold or heel, the, the butcher. Um, and that he actually was disturbed by the violence, you know, just to see her show him compassion at the end of the episode like that. Yeah. Like you said, it, it gives you the feels is like, yeah, it's just powerful. Yeah. And it, it really set the tone for all the, the other, you know, the rest of the series. So that's the way I see it. Um, but yeah, it was just very, um, it just made me really like Kira a lot. And it just got better from there on out. Now, was that, now when I asked you, I think, and when we were talking back and forth preparing for the episode, you you jokingly said that Kai Wen was your favorite female character. Um, and then you said, no, actually, it's Kira. Um, mm-hmm. But since they both appear in this episode, um, I thought it'd be interesting to compare and contrast them a bit. Like, what don't you like about Kai Wen? And might she be your your least favorite female character or one of them? And like, how would you compare her to to Kira? Um, she's definitely spineless compared to Kira. Mm. Kira is, you know, she's very like strong, confident, know what I want, know, you know, just, she's just confident and, and Kai Wen is anything but she's just weak, spineless, um, just ignorant like she mm-hmm. her her religious all the religious stuff it's just she's so enveloped in that she can't see anything else mm-hmm. um it really turns out to it, it end up ends up being her downfall so yeah yeah no it's um it it's interesting that there there was a note there where i think it was cisco was talking with with kira about kai Wen. And Kira admits that she had had in the past had looked up to Kai. Just like I think she said something along the lines of she envied her devotion because Kira had, you know, now she realizes by the end of the episode falsely assumed that it was sincere, that it was like a sincere devotion to the prophet, so to speak. Where we realize Kai wins more about power, I guess, as the series yes, goes on. More about power, power but getting power. getting it through manipulation and conniving and. Mm. <laughs> All the things that Kira is not like Kira is like in your face. If she doesn't like you, right. She's going to tell you. She's just straightforward. She's yeah. not going to beat around the bushes or anything like that. And, and I love that in a person. I mean, I, I love mm-hmm. that in anybody. So. Oh, yeah. me too. Yeah. I, I prefer straightforward. I don't want that passive aggressive worry that someone's going to stab me in the back at some point. You know, no. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Say what you mean, mean what you say. Indeed. Um, So are there, what would you say are the, uh, the qualities in Kira that you admire the most like that you you did say I didn't understand correctly that she's your favorite or if you had to pick it's, one yeah she she's like my number favorite. one yeah it's it's because it's because she is so strong and confident um after everything she's been through and she can still hold her head high mm-hmm. um and and still and still learn a lesson like she can still she can still be soft you know, she can still, she can still learn and she can change and she can, she can be better. Um, she's always open to, to growth. Um, and I really, I, I admire that about the character. Mm-hmm. What did you think of, I know it happened later in the series, but the, the romance with her and Odo and the arc there, like, how'd you, how'd you feel about that? That broke my heart. <laughs> oh, uh... my heart because, 
um, you know, Odo wanted her so bad and mm. he loved her. He loved her. And and when it finally like when it finally clicked for her and, and she realized that she loved him too. Like, oh, and, and I was like, I'm so glad they're together. But at the end, they get pulled apart and it mm. just oh it, it broke my heart. Yeah, that, that that was rough. That was rough because it's like yeah, it builds up for so long, and it's like yeah, ah, which I mean is like real life. You know that happens in real life, but it's like it's still it's like ah. But um, but it was another opportunity to, opportunity to show that like she she's she's growing. She she is able to let go. She let yeah. go of someone she loved, um, so that he could go, I guess, be better, help his own people. Um, it, it's very selfless of her mm. to do that when she when she loved him and, and probably didn't really want to let him go either. Mm. If memory serves me, does doesn't he return to the the home planet, like to the I guess the founders for lack of a better term, or like yes, yeah, yeah I thought so. Yeah, I think he but, I think he went back there to try to convince them that you know not all solids are bad and mm -hmm. that good stuff. So he can add his memories and his experiences yes. back into the. I want to call it the collective, collective. but I know, I know they had a different name for it. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it's not the same thing, um, but but similar idea, just more fluid concept. Yeah. <laughs> Pun intended. Um. So, so I guess uh, uh, the follow up question, and we talked about it a little bit, but like, would you say Kaiwen is your least favorite, or do you have someone else that you despise more, or had you even thought about it? Um, I thought about it, but um, <laughs> I, you know. Roe from TNG is kind of kind of down there because she was very wishy-washy. I felt mm. um, she didn't know if she should like go with her people or or be in Starfleet. It's like she was very conflicted. Um, and I'm happy she made up her mind in the end, but it was like, why'd you take so long? Um, but no, she's not quite as annoying as Kylan. That whole my child thing and oh and man. The, Gives you like those so clingy, tribes. this clingy mother vibe. Yeah, it's like, or like, oh yeah. Like I, like, I know that you um, are angry at me, but I forgive you. Oh, like, oh really? Like all that narcissistic abuse, all the, yes. all the nerds. Like gaslighting. Gosh. Ugh. Yeah, that that makes my skin crawl almost more than anything else. Like it's 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 up there. Yeah. yeah. They really they they knew what they were doing when they wrote that character oh yeah and and the actress she she nails it like she she, oh, makes, she, so she makes you hate her yeah oh, she was so good rest in peace yeah oh she so she's she i guess have, she yeah. did oh, okay well it's yeah. been i guess Nurse it's, been, Ratchet. it's been a few mm, months oh was she in the original series like um, i know sometimes they had carryover actors like some who appeared in the original series and no, then no, did another she, no, she just played like other roles, and I know one was like uh, Nurse Ratchet. And, oh, okay, okay. I've never seen some other movie. series. She's like some terrible nurse. Yeah, it was another. Movie. Uh, so she was another bad, <laughs> bad character yeah. or a bad person. She she had a lot of big roles in her lifetime, and um, she really made that one her own. She did an awesome job. Yeah, and that's got to be something you love as an actor to get the basically seven years to to chew on that and develop a character. You know, that's yeah. it's got to be pretty cool. Like. Um, I think if I if I ever got into that, I, I would definitely want to do a TV series at some point because yeah, you really get to explore the nuances of a character over the course of that long. So, right, uh, whether they be evil nuances or or not evil, <laughs> right? Like kind of like Gold Ducat. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, he gets yeah. more complex as the oh yeah the series goes on. Yeah, ends up is. with ends up with although tricking her, but ends up with Skyler. Same fate. Uh, yeah, deserved it. Um, so do you think um, so we can't go back a full sixty years because you said you hadn't seen the original series. Um, have you have you read or heard much about it? Like, uh, just in in general, or maybe we ask more of what you know. Like, I guess since you've started watching TNG, um, and since you watched more recently, this might be easier to answer for you. Did you notice, um, like chronologically as the series went along, you know, as we got closer and closer to modern times, have you noticed an evolution in how women were portrayed just within the series themselves? Like, uh like a, a progression or were there times where it seemed like it regressed? I know you have a lot of different writers contributing over those years. So like some, some female, some not. Um, but how, how did you feel about that? Did you feel like it, things improved over time with Star Trek and the way they portrayed? I mean, things definitely improved since um, the original series. I mean, even though Gene Roddenberry was very progressive and the writing was very progressive, um, they still had a, a ways to go. Um, and TNG, it, it started with TNG. It started, you know, in, improving. Um, and I just feel like ever since then, I, don't, I haven't really noticed where it's like since then gotten any worse or, or any better or any different. I, I feel like it, it's always been like a, a level playing field. Um, between the men and the women, like, you know, the women can do anything. They can, they can be a captain. They can be an admiral. Um, it's always been like that. And it, and I think it will always be like that. And, and that's why, that's part of why I like Star Trek. Um, and I, that's why a lot of, a lot of people do. Yeah. I think um, even going back to in the original series, I think, uh, no, it is unfortunate that it they they went, took a little bit of a step backwards, but that might have been, if memory serves me, due in part to studio pressure and their concerns about being too controversial. Um, but Nurse Chapel in the original series, who was I don't know if she was at that time, but eventually became Gene Roddenberry's wife. Like she was originally supposed to, I think, in the very first pilot, the Cage was the first officer there on the bridge, and um, kind of went backwards a little bit in terms of rank. But yeah, that's a, that, yeah. Yeah, like they got off to a good start and then, but yeah, sometimes, you know, I'm sure Gene wasn't allowed to go as far as he wanted to in, in some cases, like, but even like having a black woman on the bridge, like in a very important, and even just on TV, like in a very important role on, on TV, like that, that's, that's pretty oh, big. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, I Yeah, think... I, I can't help wondering if the, the slip backwards with Majel Barrett, like if, if that had something to do with like, their personal lives you know like maybe he was still married at the time and he didn't want to mm. advance this woman i, I don't know mm, uh, who knows uh, i know he was a bit a bit of a ladies man from what i've heard <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know so, but no one's perfect you know he um but yeah that, that 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 is one of his traits that i at least that i've heard about um and i think his son has confirmed that as well as like yeah he was a little bit that way ah <laughs> uh. You do kind of see that in the original series, like just the, the way the women are dressed a lot of times. And mm -hmm. ironically, that got more conservative, like when you get to TNG or DS9, except for the TNG episode, Justice. <laughs> uh, not that I'm saying there's anything wrong with, um, you know, 
I, I don't personally think there's anything wrong with, with nudity or things like that, as long as it's done tastefully. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, it wasn't always tasteful in some of the early series. Um, let's see. Um, here, here's something that came to mind. Uh, two of the episodes that uh, I watched in preparation, one was uh, The Host, which is a TNG episode, and the other being Duet that you recommended. In both of those, I saw examples of uh, female friendships. Um, you have like Troy and Crusher in The Host. Um, they have quite a few conversations in the course of that episode. And then obviously Dax and Kira have a few in, in duet. Like, Do you feel like female friendship was portrayed well? Um, did you resonate with, with that in the series? Like, Was there one yeah. series that maybe did a better job than others? Like, um. I I love it. Um, I feel like they did a great job with with both, um, like Deanna, you know, Doctor Crusher, um, Jadzia, and Kira. I feel like um, those were good female relationships. Um, I really enjoyed. Um, I think this was on the host where Deanna was sitting in the salon, and then Beverly comes in. They're getting their nails mm -hmm. done. I love that girl talk back and forth. That's so much fun. Um, I wish they'd done a little more of that, but um, I, I enjoyed it. I like that. I like that component. Um, I, I hope they, I actually hope they do it more like with strange new worlds and, mm. and whatever else they come up with. Um, but I would like to see more of that. It's pretty fun. Yeah, it's true. I know with discovery, like the, I'm just thinking of the female friendships in there. They're, they're all, I can't really. I mean, I've I've seen they're like not, the they're not like your normal every day. It's like you have yeah. Burnham and uh, uh, what's the darn it? I can think of the actress's name, Michelle Yao, but who she plays the the woman who yeah, was yeah. like the empress, and then she crosses over, and the their relationship is is it's definitely not your typical <laughs> female friendship, if you would even call that call it that. No, yeah, <laughs> not going to talk about you know that that guy they just went on a date with or you know or, or that or that girl they just went on a date with you know whatever the case might be um yeah i, I guess tilly might be the closest character mm -hmm. we have to that in in discovery um but yeah i think i feel like um kira and and dax like given the given the um serialized way that they told the story i, I feel like that probably got to develop the most of of the female friendships that in TNG. I mean, you had that with Crusher and Troy, but not quite as much. I feel like Kira and Dax were a more central part of, of so many of the plots in, in the DS9 episode. So I feel like it seems like that got to get fleshed out more. Yeah, and um, they, they were able to give each other a bit of advice um, you know, when, when they really needed it. It's, it's, um, it was very interesting to watch that play out. So are there any ways that you you feel like they can can improve things going forward? Like, is there anything you, you think that is still missing in that regard? Like, I know we've had some pretty important social movements recently, like Me Too and things like that. I was trying to think if Star Trek had touched on some of those issues, um, but like maybe something along those lines. Or do you feel like there's some things they could they could do better in the future? Um. I, the only thing I really want them to improve is to just give us more. Like, yeah. I want more. <laughs> more Star Trek. Yeah, They're doing a pretty good job of that right now. They got, like, what, four going on at once right now? Is it four? 
Are there really? Four. Oh, I mean, is that counting like the cartoons though? Yeah, that is counting like Prodigy and was it Lower Decks? I haven't seen those um, yet. I want to. I want to okay. catch them. Yeah, I, I haven't seen Prodigy. Um, it seems a little too young for me. I could be wrong. Um, I have a lot of friends that watch it and they love it, but it just seems a little too young. And and then like the Lower Decks, I've tried to get into that, but it's it, it's just like it walks a fine line. It's trying to be like Star Trek, but it's also trying to be Rick and Morty, and. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'd rather watch Rick and Morty, but yeah. I, yeah, I you probably know. still get Star Trek, Star Trek references, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably. Yeah, um, but I, I, don't, I don't really think anything needs to improve. I mean, they've always touched on important social topics, and, and mm -hmm. they've always done it so well, like in such a subtle way um, that was not aggressive or offensive um and that really honestly that that changed my life that honestly mm. that just changed me it changed the way i think the way i see the world um i feel like i'm such a i'm, I'm more compassionate more open-minded because of star trek because of all of the the ideals and, and the lessons that they instill with each episode mm. um yeah I, I really like that and i just yeah at this point i just my only complaint is you're not giving me enough. I want more. <laughs> yeah, I think that's uh that's true for many diehard fans and, and um I know I'm looking forward to uh season three of Picard coming up. I don't know if you've caught oh, up gosh. on the first two seasons, but I'm definitely looking forward to that. And yes, Dr. Yes. Crusher and Dr. Crusher's coming back from from what I've heard. And uh Everybody. hopefully I'm hoping she'll be a somewhat prominent point and I'm hoping they'll they'll explore some of her relationship with Jean-Luc uh, in that. I want her back with Picard. Yeah. Together. And I know a lot of ladies are out there hoping for this. Uh, I, I that, would love that. That new relationship with, with Yaris? Yaris? So yeah. Am I saying that right? It, I was like, Romulan? Yeah, it's just like, and, I was yeah. like, uh, I mean, part of it's the actress is a lot younger than then, uh, yeah yeah although uh in real life well uh patrick stewart is married to a woman who i think is 30 years his junior so yeah. it, it yeah. does mirror his real life in that sense but yeah it just didn't feel right i was like no the no, card should be with crusher <laughs> well, at least i think that was her husband that, that got killed yeah or at least her i know i can't remember if they got married i actually just read the prequel comic which does explore more of their relationship i know they were lovers at least i'm not sure if they yeah. officially got married but yeah, but yeah so that uh it just seemed a little too too maybe a little forced too soon forced yeah yeah definitely. um but yeah that would just make my life if they would just put those two together and i'm really excited for season three um the the first two seasons were kind of eh, they, they left a lot to be desired i will say that um I'm glad to get it. I'm not ungrateful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that we're getting Picard, period. Um, but mm -hmm. yeah, the, mm -hmm. season three, I'm I'm really I'm hanging my hopes on that one. Mm -hmm. I'm excited. I'm ready. It was it did take me a bit to get used to it's so different tonally than which from what I understand, Patrick Stewart might not have done it had it been kind of the same tone as TNG. He wanted to do something different, he wanted to move the story forward. Um, but yeah, it was, it felt a little off to me because it's just, just very different 
um, than what I was used to with TNG. And part of that too is just Patrick Stewart is so much older and he doesn't have that commanding voice anymore. It's just, right. he, he sounds kind of old. Frail. He sounds old now. <laughs> yeah, it's more frail and fragile. And um, yeah, there was a lot of like in season one and two, there's a lot of plot holes, like a lot of stories that just kind of went nowhere. Like um, with, with Narek, what happened to him? What was the point? You know, stuff, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm glad that's out of the way now, though. So we'll just we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. No, I'm looking forward to it. Just a few more, couple more weeks here. Uh, yeah. I think twenty was it twenty third? Um, sixteenth. The sixteenth. Okay. Six. Yeah. Oh, February. Well, never mind. Another yeah, month. A month. Darn. Yeah. Well. Ways to go. Sorry. Not too bad though. That's not too bad. Well, uh, we've got about seven minutes left in our in our in our session my my listeners by now are used to me using the free version of zoom uh, when i do video episodes so i've got 40 minute limits but uh before we go i wanted to ask uh had you had a chance to think about what your top five is and it doesn't have to be ranked necessarily but just like your top five favorite i know it's probably gotta be hard to pick uh, um, it really was hard to pick yeah um, because there are a lot of strong females in trek and um had to write it down (laughs) (laughs) no i hear you Uh, so like i've got kira then jadzia then moogie and then (laughs) and then people yeah okay Um, what what was the fourth one be like moogie moogie (laughs) yeah moogie's hilarious (laughs) she is and and she really paved the way for ferengi women to wear clothes (laughs) <laughs> to to do business to, mm-hmm. to do government and and that's really big that's a really big deal um for for Ferengi women so yay Moogie I, I just love how Rom says Moogie <laughs> <He's> every time he's <laughs> hilarious you know he's, he's this brilliant engineer and but when he sees his 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 Moogie you know it's just like Moogie <laughs> yeah uh, hilarious what 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 was the fourth one I, I missed it uh, um the fourth one was dr crusher dr crusher okay yeah beverly okay. blazing bev i call her yeah. blazing bev oh yeah with the <laughs> flaming flaming red hair yeah um and then the last one was to paul to paul okay nice i love her yeah yeah i man i had a hard time trying to figure mine out um really yeah and ranking is is, is tough like it which is. like i said it's like I think I think my number one is Guinan. Um, I actually I really love Guinan. Oh, uh, I love I love her on TNG. I know she's not there every episode, but when she is, yeah. she just makes such a such Very a difference. Impact. Yeah, and it's obviously Whoopi Goldberg, excellent actress, and um, particularly her dynamic with Picard, right. uh, which is one of the reasons why for me, like my favorite tng film is generations because uh, she features heavily in that i know a lot of tng fans don't like generations which i still don't understand to this day i'm like why not it's it's basically like a, a, an extended episode with a much higher production level you know because they made it right after season seven finished and yeah. it just felt so much like tng to me but for some reason people are like oh that's it. like no that's one of my favorites and, and part of that is because guy is in it quite a bit and uh you get to find a little bit more about her people too um so i think guy would be probably my number one and after that it's like a crapshoot i was like dang because <laughs> in rewatching some of the episodes i'm like oh no now i really like i'm reminded how much i like this character you know because 
Kira is, is really awesome. So I, I love Kira and, and how her character grows and Dax, obviously. And um, love that her and Worf eventually get together. You know, that, yeah. <laughs> that was, that was a pretty, pretty fun pairing. And, um, and obviously I love Troy and Crusher. So I guess I, if I had to pick five, it would probably be those five. Like if I was forced at gunpoint, it'd probably be those five be Guinan, you know, and these are with the exception maybe of Guinan, you know, the other four are probably like what a lot of people would pick. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, he is going to be on everybody's list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And here, beautiful. oh man, but, but yeah, but she's a, she's a strong female character right. as well. She's intelligent. She's funny. You know, so she's very well-rounded, but yeah, definitely beautiful, um, as is Nana Visitor, um, you know, but, and. Uh, she had a very, like, um, fun and quirky side to her, too. She had all these different yeah. facets to her character, and and I love seeing that. Yeah, and her relationship with Cisco, given that she's a trill and is 300 years old, <laughs> and can talk about past relationships, and uh, including, apparently, a fling with Dr. McCoy, right, from... <laughs> Yeah, she's like he had good hands. Did um, you ever detect like maybe um, Cisco might might have at one time or at one point had a thing for Jadzia? Hmm. Did you ever get that? Because there was this one episode hmm. uh, where Luxana, Luxana, yeah, where she comes on board and and people are just going nuts. Like she has some disease and it makes them just kind of like lust after each other hmm. it makes kind of like their their underlying feelings come out and they start being attracted to one another and cisco was attracted to jatsia hmm. so interesting i, I kind of got that vibe i don't know could be Very it'd be it'd be a little weird it would be similar honestly to the episode of the host where there's like ghosts i mean granted that's like three bodies within what three days <laughs> so <laughs> that was into a woman yeah yeah, the well, man, you know, man to to Will Riker, someone she already knows, to then then to a woman, you know, it's like awkward. Too much at, too much change at once. Yeah, um, awkward. But yeah, that that would Riker. be that would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Riker maneuver. Yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll t I should have tried it. Come in the episode, just like do that. No, uh, you got to do Don't want to hurt myself though. I'm a little too old. For his, of course, I guess I'm about his age, the age he was when he was in the series. So, well, are you? Yeah, uh, I guess I'm not. Uh, 39, 39, I'm 40, one year old. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah I, I would definitely pull something trying to do that. <laughs> so, I'm not, I don't blame you. Yeah, I think he was, memory serves me, 35 when the series started. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so right around when it was getting good, season three, four, and he was our age. So, it's like, yeah, it's weird looking back on that now. And it's like, damn i was a little kid when this came out and now i'm the age of the character right yeah. uh, anyway uh zoom is about to cut me off here oh, so okay. uh, i just want to say thank you so much hd for <laughs> coming on holodeck four and guys check her out on instagram and twitter uh i think is the same handle on both at holodeck four um it's holodeck f-o-u-r on twitter and on tiktok but okay. on instagram it's just four like at holodeck and four. then the numeral yeah. four yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And obviously you guys have seen nerds. Uh, if you get on uh, our Instagram as well, you'll see tags and stuff with her in it. So check out her stuff. She's got some hilarious memes that she brings up. So, uh, and if you love Star Trek and you love funny memes, check out her stuff. So thanks again. And uh, yeah. yeah, had fun.
Thank you. Thank you. Live long and prosper. I can't do the hand thing. Oh, but... yeah. I, I can do oh, both. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you do it for both of us. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Live long and prosper. Hi, this is Lars from the Trechnicity Podcast and the Red Shirt Geeks, and these are my top five women in Star Trek. Coming in at number five, Majel Barrett Roddenberry, often referred to as the First Lady of Star Trek. Number four, Kate Mulgrew as Catherine, Captain Catherine Janeway. Number three, Grace Lee Whitney as Yeoman and later Commander Rand. Number two, Nichelle Nichols as Uhura. And number one, and most people wouldn't think of this one, but the incredible Lucille Ball Arnez, who is often referred to as the godmother of Star Trek, as she personally greenlit the funding for the original pilot. Thanks for much. We hope to see you soon. And remember to rock out with your Spock out. Thank you so much for joining us for the first episode of season three of the Irreverent Nerds podcast. And a special thank you to at Holodeck4 and at Fooktographer, i.e. Lars DeCenza, for joining us and chiming in on today's topic. So next week, we are going to be joined by the one and only Dan Johnson, and we are going to be talking about James Gunn and the DCEU WTF is going on, Mr. Gunn. What is going on? We're going to be talking about that next week. So don't miss that. That releases January 11th. So follow us, like us, subscribe, comment, send us a message. We're on Instagram at irreverent underscore nerd. We are on Facebook, simply the irreverent nerds. We are on YouTube, the irreverent nerds. And leave us a voice message go to anchor.fm forward slash irreverent nerd you can also support us there for 99 cents 4.99 or 9.99 a month we would greatly appreciate it until next time nerds live long and prosper avengers assemble <laughs>